we do this each week. We, we're reminded in Scripture and asked in Scripture to regularly participate in the Lord's Supper. And we do that because it focuses our attention on our hope, the hope that we have, the hope that we have in Jesus Christ. And today I just want us to think about the blood of Christ for a moment. The blood of Christ. Of course, there's two things that we digest. We, we take a little piece of bread, which is symbolic of the body of Christ. And we take a little cup that has juice in it, and it reminds us of the blood of Jesus Christ. And I want to remind you of the significance of the blood of Christ. I'm going to read to you from a book that's hard to understand, but one in which is so powerful if we can just take the time to, to try to process it and try to understand it. It's a book called Hebrews, and it was written by someone we don't really know, but I suspect strongly was the Apostle Paul, to people who were... Jewish, both ethnically and in faith, but who came to accept that Jesus Christ was the Messiah, the long-anticipated and expected Messiah. And they became what we now call Christians. In other words, they turned um, towards Christ, and they saw Christ as the fulfillment of their Jewish faith. And so where it is it's writing this is writing to Jewish Christians, if you will. And they knew, obviously, a lot about the law, which was the law that was given to Moses. You think of the Ten Commandments as part of it. There's a lot more to it. And they, um, they would have lived their lives under the law. And the writer wants them to understand how Jesus Christ fits into God's plan of redemption, starting with the Jewish people, the people of Israel. And so we read these words. The law is only a shadow of the good things that are coming. In other words, the law that was given to Moses is just the beginning of, of this plan of redemption for humanity. Not the realities themselves. For this reason, it can never, by the same sacrifices repeated endlessly year after year, make perfect those who draw near to worship. In other words, all of the sacrifices that were required in the law, that when you sinned, you needed to sacrifice an animal, as a, a, a signal that you were uh, sorry and that you sinned against God. He says that by the same sacrifices repeated endlessly year after year, um, you weren't going to be made perfect. In other words, you, you could not still be right with God just by doing all the stuff that the law required. Otherwise, if that had worked, would they not have stopped being offered? For the worshipers would have been cleansed once and for all, and would no longer have felt guilty for their sins. 
or been sinners, really. But their sacri those sacrifices are an annual reminder of sins. It's impossible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away sin. And so we have this law that when you do something wrong, in order to stay right with God, you need to <coughs> sacrifice something. In other words, blood has to be spilled. Sounds gross. <laughs> it sounds unreasonable, maybe. But the fact of the matter is, it shows how offensive sin is to a holy and loving God. It is so offensive that something has to die in order to sort of help people appreciate how offensive it is to God. <coughs> But this writer says it's impossible for the blood of those bulls and goats to take away sin. And look at this. Therefore, when Christ came into the world, he said, Sacrifice and offering you didn't desire, but a body you prepared for me. A body. Jesus Christ was so many things, right? He was a wonderful teacher, he was a shepherd, he was a wonderful leader. He was so, he was a healer. Uh, he was a miracle worker. But the bottom line is, he was a body. Not like your body or my body. He was a perfect, sinless body. Therefore, when Christ came into the world, he said, Sacrifice and offerings you didn't desire, but a body you prepared for me. With burnt offerings and sin offerings you were pleased. Therefore, I said, Here I am, and it's written about me in the scroll. I have come to do your will. First, he said, Sacrifices and offerings, burnt offerings and sin offerings you didn't desire, nor were you pleased with them, although they were required by the law. Then he said, Here I am. I've come to do your will. He set aside the first, the law, to establish the second. And by that will, we have been made holy through the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ once and for all. Day after day, every priest stands and performs his religious duties. Again and again, he offers the same sacrifices, which can never take away sin. But when this priest, he's talking about Jesus, had offered for all time one sacrifice for sins, he sat down at the right hand of God. And since that time, he waits for his enemies to be made his footstool. For by one sacrifice, he has made perfect forever those who are being made holy. This is the new covenant in my blood. The Holy Spirit also testifies to us about this. First it says, this is the covenant I will make with them after that time, says the Lord. I'll put my law in their heart and write it on their minds. Their sins and lawless acts I will remember no more. And where these have been forgiven, sacrifice for sin is no longer necessary. So Christ came, and because he was perfect, he was a man. 
He was human. The bulls and goats blood didn't suffice because they were bulls and goats, not human. Jesus Christ was the perfect lamb of God and he spilled his blood and he did it once and for all time. That is what we remember as we come to the Lord's table today. This cup is the new covenant in my blood. This cup is the new covenant in my blood. The new covenant being all you have to do is trust and rely on what Christ did. That yeah, Christ dying on the cross, Christ spilling his blood is all that is required. If I simply hold to that truth, that that's what he did, and he did it for me, if I hold to that truth, I believe that, I am right with God. Eternally right with God. I'm clothed in his righteousness. I'm seen as perfect before a holy God. That's what we remember this morning as we approach the Lord's table. Let's give thanks. Dear Heavenly Father, your great plan of redemption was formulated long before this plan, <laughs> before your creation, Ephesians says. The idea that we would sin and we would choose a path that was offensive to you. And that the only means of reversing that would be the sacrifice of your very own son, Jesus Christ. And that his blood would be sufficient to appease the need for your justice because you are holy. Lord, I pray that we would appreciate, understand completely that you love us that much that you would do that for us. And so we thank you that on that last night you were with your disciples, that you left this as a reminder. That you said, this, this bread is my body, which is given for you. This cup is a new covenant in my blood. that the law is fulfilled and, and that we are under that new covenant of grace that we simply have to hold on to and accept that you have done what needed to be done, that your blood spilled is sufficient. So Lord, thank you for this incredible gift that we celebrate now. Thank you for the bread. Thank you for the cup. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. <laughs>